Welcome to the UK Dividend Investor, Episode 8, Jargon Busting. During this episode, I'll be breaking down some of the investing terminology to help you get a grasp of what they all mean. But first, a public service announcement. I wanted to let you all know about a mini-series I'll be releasing in the coming week. The title of this series is Five Stocks, Five Shows, where every day of the working week, I'll release an episode dedicated to single stock. As this will include a Friday, there won't be a standard episode, but in its place will be the fifth episode of Five Stocks, Five Shows. Now with that said and done, on with today's episode, where we'll be kicking off with EPS or earnings per share. Earnings per share, or EPS, is a financial metric that measures the profitability of a company on a per share basis. It is calculated by dividing a company's net income by the total number of outstanding shares of its common stock. EPS provides insights into how much profit a company generates for each share of its stock. Net income represents the total earnings of the company after deducting expenses, taxes and interest payments. Preferred dividends, if applicable, are subtracted from the net income as they are paid to preferred shareholders before common shareholders. The average outstanding shares are typically calculated by taking the weighted average of the number of shares outstanding over a specific period. This accounts for any changes in the number of shares during the period, such as stock issuance or buybacks. EPS is an important metric for investors as it helps assess a company's profitability and financial performance on a per share basis. It is commonly used to compare the earnings performance of different companies within an industry or to track a company's earnings growth over time. Higher EPS generally indicates greater profitability as more earnings are generated per share. It can also impact a company's stock price as investors often consider EPS when evaluating the attractiveness of a stock and its potential for dividends or future growth. You can find the EPS on the income statement. To use an example, the Lloyds Banking Group income statement for 2021 shows us the basic earnings per share is 7.5 pence. Next up, we will look at P-E ratio or price to earnings ratio. This is a financial metric that compares the market price of a company's stock to its earnings per share. It is a commonly used valuation ratio that helps investors assess the relative value of a stock and determine how much they are willing to pay for each dollar, pound or euro of earnings. The P-E ratio reflects the market's expectations and sentiment towards a company's future earnings potential. A higher P-E ratio suggests that investors are willing to pay a premium for each dollar, euro or pound of earnings, indicating optimism about the company's growth prospects. Conversely, a lower P-E ratio may indicate a lower market expectation for future earnings growth. Whilst a high P-E ratio may indicate that the market has high expectations for future earnings growth, it could also suggest an overvalued stock. A low P-E ratio, on the other hand, may indicate undervaluation, but it could also be a sign of low growth prospects or market pessimism. Carrying on with our example of Lloyd's Banking Group, we can work out the P-E ratio using the formula P-E ratio equals market price per share divided by earnings per share. In our example, this would be 45 divided by 7.5, which gives us 6. Market capitalisation, often referred to as market cap, represents the total value of a publicly traded company. It is calculated by multiplying the current market price of a company's outstanding shares by the total number of shares outstanding. Market cap provides a snapshot of a company's size and worth in the eyes of the market. Companies with larger market caps are generally considered to be more established and have a greater market presence. Market cap is often used to categorise companies into different size classifications 
such as large cap, mid cap and small cap. Taking an example, company A has 20 million shares outstanding and the current stock price is £50. In this instance, the market capitalisation would be £1 billion, which would be considered a small cap company. Investors pay attention to market cap as it can influence investment decisions. Large cap companies with high market caps are often perceived as more stable and less volatile compared to smaller companies. On the other hand, smaller companies with lower market caps may have higher growth potential but could also be riskier investments. It's important to note that market cap alone does not provide a complete picture of a company's financial health or investment potential. Other factors such as industry dynamics, financial performance and management quality should also be considered when evaluating investment opportunities. Next up we have EBIT, earnings before interest and taxes. This is a financial metric that measures a company's operating profit before accounting for interest expenses and income taxes. It provides insight into a company's profitability solely from its core operations, excluding the impact of interest and taxes. EBIT is calculated by subtracting operating expenses, including the cost of goods sold, selling and administrative expenses, and depreciation from companies' net sales or revenue. The formula is as follows. EBIT equals net sales minus operating expenses excluding interest and taxes. EBIT is commonly used to assess a company's operating performance and profitability without the influence of interest and taxes, which can vary depending on a company's capital structure and tax obligations. By focusing on operating profits, EBIT helps to isolate the performance of a company's core business activities. It allows for easier comparison between companies within the same industry and provides an idea of how efficiently a company is generating profits. EBIT is also useful for calculating financial ratios, such as EBIT's margin, which express EBIT as a percentage of net sales. This ratio helps evaluate a company's operating efficiency and profitability relative to its revenue. Following on from EBIT, we have EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation and amortisation which is used to measure a company's operating performance and profitability by excluding certain non-operational expenses and income. It provides a clear review of a company's operating performance independent of its capital structure or accounting decisions. EBITDA is calculated by adding back interest expenses, taxes, depreciation and amortisation to a company's net income. The formula is as follows. EBITDA equals net income plus interest expenses, plus taxes, plus depreciation, plus amortisation. EBITDA is often used to assess a company's cash flow generation and operating efficiency. It allows for easy comparison between companies in different industries and with varying capital structures. By excluding interest expenses, taxes, depreciation and amortisation, EBITDA provides a clearer picture of a company's operating profitability and cash flow potential. It helps investors focus on the company's core operations and its ability to generate earnings from its primary business activities. Penultimately, some more straightforward terms, revenue, income and net income. I did reference net income earlier in the episode, but I'll cover this in slightly more detail now. Revenue, also known as sales or net sales, represents the total amount of money a company generates from its primary business activities. It includes all income generated from selling goods or services to customers before deducting any expenses or costs. Revenue is typically reported on the income statement and is a key indicator of a company's top-line performance. 
Income refers to the amount of money a company earns after subtracting its operating expenses, costs of goods sold, and other operating costs from its revenue. It represents the profit generated for a company's core business operations. Income can be further categorized into different types, such as gross income, operating income, or net operating income, depending on the level of expenses deducted. Income provides insights into a company's profitability and operating efficiency. Net income, also referred to as net profit or net earnings, is the final figure that remains after subtracting all expenses, including taxes, interest, depreciation, and other non-operating expenses from a company's income. It represents the ultimate profit or earnings available to the company's owners or shareholders. Net income is considered a bottom-line measure of a company's financial performance and is often reported on the income statement. It reflects the company's overall profitability and includes both operating and non-operating income and expenses. And finally, two terms which I found puzzling when I started investing as I had no idea how these two animals had anything to do with investing, the stock markets or finances in general. I am of course talking about bullish and bearish. These are both terms as to how someone is feeling about a particular market and or stock. Firstly, what does it mean when someone is bullish? This means that they feel like that market or stock is on a growth trajectory and foreseeing potential gains. Bearish is the opposite, meaning that they believe that prices will go down. Equally, the bullish market exists when the prices, normally on closing, of indices that track a set of securities, typically those of equities, rise. While not every stock will necessarily increase, the market's main equity indexes will. Conversely, a bullish market is where prices of securities and a key market index have been falling for a period of time by at least 20%. This isn't a short-term dip like during a correction, when there are price declines of 10% to 20%. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you liked it, please follow me on wherever you get your podcast and do give me a follow on Twitter at UKDivInvestor. Finally, please do note that I am not a financial advisor. This episode has been created for entertainment purposes. Please ensure you complete appropriate checks when investing and I am not responsible for your losses nor your profits. Until next time, stay safe and take care.